Here's Daniel Bruce. And I began our conversation by asking what the purposes of the charity that he works for are. Internews exists to provide access to news and information for people everywhere that they need to play a meaningful role in their communities to be able to hold power to account to make informed decisions for their lives. We're working in 50 to 70 countries um, this year at any one time and working to strengthen the media sector and uh, the broadcasting and and print and TV media in all of those countries to create more informed societies. Uh, We respond to disasters and emergencies by making sure that people have access to what is life-saving information often in the immediate aftermath of man-made or natural disasters. And we're also keeping alive independent media in the countries where it is the hardest thing to be able to do that and providing really life-saving support to some of our media partners there. You're in a very good position then to assess a sort of world scene of grassroots media. And it must be very different. We're talking in Leicester today. It must be very different in Leicester than, say, Sudan. Well, you know, it is and it isn't, actually. I mean, I think that's the area. That's kind of, you know, why I'm here and why we're having this conversation. You know, community media the world over, of course, you know, feels and looks different in many ways. But its social outcomes and the reason that it exists around the world is because it is the media, it is the opportunity for citizen voice, it is the opportunity for accountability at the most local level possible um, that people crave the world over and the social impacts are very different and more acute in more acute contexts and more challenging contexts but actually you know, the, the motivations of people to go into community broadcasting or other forms of media I think are the same in Zimbabwe, Afghanistan or here in Leicester. In this country, there's an increasing cynicism of the media in general. I think one of the things when you were talking to the Community Media Association's AGM a few minutes ago, you were saying that there's a cynicism of the media, but there's confidence in my media. You said something along those words. Yeah, I mean, we we, we find this again the world over is that Obviously, there's this prevailing narrative now about a collapse in trust in the media, and it's come out of the whole fake news, alternative facts, post-truth era, whatever you want to call it. Actually, I think that's a red herring for a lot of reasons. And we often find people come to us with our experience of international media around the world for over three decades now and say, well, what can we do about these problems? And I think too often the debate is looking at the kind of, you know, sticking plaster solutions or, you know, how do you get rid of the problems and squash these things down? And actually, our answer to that is, well, actually, you have to amplify the good stuff. And the good stuff is, again the media, the access to information, the opportunity for citizen voice that is closest to people where they are. And so often that is community media. And that's why we say, and to use the words I used earlier, that people don't necessarily trust the media, but they trust their media, the media that truly represents them and where they can have an opportunity to be part of the debate. In our country, we have, in comparison to many parts of the world, good traditions of freedom of speech and uh, good liberal traditions so that uh, we won't be persecuted for having our say. But community media, particularly in its radio context, or what we might now describe as grassroots media, has been a growing phenomenon of the last sort of 10, 15 years, I would say. Where would you say, from your position at Internews, we are in the UK with established media vis-à-vis independent and grassroots media? 
you know, it's been a whirlwind few decades, I think, hasn't it? If you think back to the, the birth of commercial radio in this country, um, you know, off the back of the pirate radio stations, which actually in the grand scheme of things wasn't that long ago, you know, LBC starting out in whatever it was, the, the early 1970s, and then we saw this dramatic rise in commercial radio and editorial confidence in that sector and some amazing programme making, which by and large isn't there anymore because of consolidation, because of economic pressure and so on and so forth. If you look at the local news industry, printed press, there are newspapers folding all over the place and, you know, a real collapse in journalism and content production at a local level. And I think that the community sector, the community media sector in this country is and has to be part of the antidote to those problems. So whilst we are not living in a repressive regime for freedom of expression compared to some of the other places that we work in, we're working in a very economically challenged environment for content production and for the media sector generally, for local journalism in particular. And I think we should be concerned about that. I think it is far harder now than it was 10 years ago to find out with a reasonable degree of confidence in your information sources, what is happening at the end of your own street as opposed to what's happening in the nearest big city to you. It's one of the solutions then to that challenge that you've identified to work out strategies to grow and sustain community media or grassroots media organisations. Absolutely, yes. And I don't. Th- I think there's a risk that sometimes people look at, you know, radio as being a bit old-fashioned or even the concept of community media as being old-fashioned. And actually, I, I think in this country, I think the evidence suggests quite the contrary. There's a, there is a, a vibrant, significant body of the population here that still listen to radio at least once a week or more often than not every day. What I think we need is greater kind of cross-media innovation. Um, so again, that we can meet people where they are and, for example, have a, a more ubiquitous presence for community media online through social media channels and so on and so forth so that you're starting to bring in the digital natives if you like and that building the reputation of community media as a credible source of debate as a credible source of information about local communities in a variety of different ways is going to be absolutely critical but I think there is this body of people who've been represented here today and these hundreds of radio stations and, and online and TV stations up and down the country where there is so much potential which I think could be unlocked in a tremendous way of the coming years. Daniel, we first met at UNESCO conference in Paris, I think, just over two years ago. That's set in train uh, levels of communication between Internews and a community media association. Where is that relationship now and how do you see it developing? I think we've been very wise to take our time in having a detailed and thoughtful conversation between two partners who until that point hadn't worked together before, but we could see that our interests align. And as, as uh, Lucinda, the, the CMA chair, was saying today, you know, if you put the strategy of in, the global strategy of interviews on the table next to the strategy of the CMA, our joint recognition of the power of information, media and communication to change lives for the better is very plain to see. So what we want to be able to do is to really draw off each other there's expertise to be able to contribute something in the UK sector. Uh, for us, this would be our first domestic programme in the UK, which would be very different when we're used to working in very different contexts with very different challenges around the world. But it's clear that we feel we have something to bring um, in terms of that expertise from all of those different countries, 100 countries over the last 35 years. And we feel that the CMA and its members, as I said earlier, are so well poised to make such a a significant social impact with extra support at the centre. And I think that's where, you know, we we can and and should act at this point. And so we've we've been talking around a strategy that has three principal pillars around uh, support to incisive content production, the economics of the sector and the role of the CMA itself. And we are cautiously optimistic that we will have more to report on that uh, and maybe, you know, uh, some form of announcement uh, next year. 
Well, Daniel, it's great talking to you today. We first met when I was on CMA Council, and as of today, I'm now back on it. So I'm looking forward to ongoing conversations with Internews. But for the moment, thank you very much. Thank you, Dom, and congratulations on being back on the council as well. Thank you. Always a joy talking to Daniel Bruce from Internews and sharing ideas. And I couldn't be more pleased that Internews are starting to work with the Community Media Association. Inevitably, our conversation did drift in that direction because I was actually talking to him at the CMA's AGM. Part of that AGM is the election to the Governing Council. And as you probably gathered, I was elected back onto it after an absence of two years. So I'm very much looking forward to working with the Community Media Association again from within its Governing Council.